Welcome to the Eat This Book podcast from St. Mark's Cathedral in Salt Lake City. Uh, I'm Holly. I'm Tyler. And today we are looking at the readings for the Feast of All Saints, which we are observing this year on November 6th. And so we're just going to go through the lections and in the style of Lexio Divina, uh, pray the scriptures together. See what lines and images stand out and sort of tease out some of these themes across these readings. So we'll start with our, our collect for Holy Scripture. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Good stuff knit together. Mm-hmm. Kith and kin of one another. You're all in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of Christ. Who's the elect? I was just going to ask. You know, I kind of like follow Karl Barth on this universal mm-hmm. election. In Christ, right? Correct. Um, all things come to be to be in and through him mm-hmm. so that we're all uh, already the elect it's not a matter of uh, performance or membership or pedigree God hates predestination nothing. <laughs> I mean yeah God hates nothing God has made he yearns to draw all the world to himself yeah um when I am lifted up, I will draw all the world to myself. Or drag. Or drag. <laughs> That's the, the Greeks closer to drag. <laughs> Love that will not let us go. Yeah, so sort of like king language that you'll hear in a couple of weeks. Uh, for Christ the King. Uh, you have to understand... Well, there's two approaches. You can either change the word and just throw it out. Um, or you could try to understand the word um, as it's intended, which always means uh, reading it through the uh, uh, person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So when you do that with the word king, it shows you that uh, it's a very different kind of king that's being embodied mm-hmm. in the person of Jesus, right? And, um, and then, <clears throat> same with election, right? Um, when you look at the uh, person and work of Jesus Christ, uh, is he picking and choosing? <laughs> is he turning people away? Is he electing some and casting others out no in fact what it looks like is that people who think they're elect are the ones who find themselves of their own sort of self-assurance and reliance on themselves uh, magically not elect because they find themselves they've declared themselves separate and above (laughs) and apart from everyone else like that seems to be way more dangerous than the simple recognition of um, 
being kith and kin mm -hmm. of one another. Reliant on God. And each other. And each Solidarity. Other. Mm -hmm. uh, with all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you, you can... And, uh, you know, I've... I remember being in seminary with folks who, when Christ the King rolled around, they all rolled their eyes as toxic, as an example of toxic masculinity and get rid of this language. And like, yeah, or you can keep the word and understand it in a radically new way. Mm -hmm. And maybe keeping the word and understanding it in a radically new way is equally as transformative. I think partly what that shows us is that we feel the need to do that with terms like king or uh, father or elect or uh, uh, the places where we chafe against our language for God. Uh, but it's true when we realize, oh, we, have, we really have to work with this and understand it in a new way if it's to be true to uh, God as revealed in Jesus. But that's true of all of our language, that all, all of the words that we use to talk about God are partial and our definitions of them have to be reworked and sometimes turned upside down Correct. in our understanding of who Christ is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's why Stanley Howard Wass, uh, um, he said, you know, if you made me Pope or whatever, it's in, it's in the very beginning sentences of his book, Unleashing Scripture. And he said what he would do is he, he would take the Bible away from every single person in America and not let them read it by themselves. Because when they do that, they arrive at their own conclusions or they misunderstand it. Um, and Hauerwas is calling for a communal reading of Scripture mm -hmm. uh, in the church, by the church, with each other, in company, mm -hmm. uh, in communion with one another. Um, But also um, reading it through the, the person and work of, of Jesus. Right? Uh, and we get into big trouble when we kind of do either one, of, don't, if we uh, don't do both of those things at once. Mm -hmm. What am I? You know yeah, so Carl yeah. Barth, again, we have to read everything we read. Um, through God's action first instead of just our preconceptions that we bring to these words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little, yeah, side sidebar <laughs> on... Theological language. And, and how to read, right? Yeah. How to read scripture. We let Jesus teach us how to read. Which, again, like if you read the Luke, the very beginning, he unrolls a scroll. Today the scriptures are filled in your hearing. Uh, quoting from, reading from the scroll of Isaiah, he mm -hmm. leaves out a line, right? This famous, like, in the day of vengeance of the Lord, he leaves that out. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is reading the scripture with interpretation. Uh, and at the end of Luke's gospel, on the road to Emmaus, uh, he interprets the scriptures. Were not our hearts burning within us when he, when he uh, interpreted the scriptures for us? And there's a very clear way, I think, actually, that <clears throat> Luke's gospel is also a book that teaches us how to read the book. Mm -hmm through the birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus. Right? On that road to Emmaus, he interprets all the scriptures in light of himself. Correct. And what are the scriptures that he's interpreting? At that point, the epistles aren't written yet, right? There's, there's no, no New Testament as so he's a reading, canon. This is... He's reading backwards through the Hebrew Bible what we would call the Hebrew Bible, mm -hmm. through his risen life and experience of the Father. Mm 
and pointing out, see, see that whole Jonah thing there? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. You know, you kind of wish you were able to eavesdrop on that really conversation. Really do. Um, or that he would interpret Daniel for us today. There is that. <laughs> um, ineffable used to be in the 1549 was unspeakable. Hmm. But unspeakable came to mean so horrific. Unspeakable things. Yes. Yeah. But perhaps pointing out what we're talking about that not captured can't be captured in in language. Never fully, completely exhausted uh, through words. Mm -hmm. Can't be locked down in our minds. So Daniel then. Daniel. Okay. Daniel 7, 1 through 3 and 15 to 18. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream. I, Daniel, saw in my vision by night the four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was troubled within me, and the visions of my head terrified me. I approached one of the attendants to ask him the truth concerning all this. So he said that he would disclose to me the interpretation of the matter. As for these four great beasts, four kings shall rise out of the earth. But the holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I can't help but think about the uh, that All Saints, Feast of All Saints, is uh, one of the four uh, days a year that we, uh, on which we baptize. Mm -hmm. And there's this like stirring up of the, the great sea. God is mm. troubling the waters. Yeah. Um, This way in which uh, well, there's a, there's a there's a way in which the call to um, sanctity, holiness, um, transparency to God. Um, means uh, putting oneself um, at uh, vulnerable risk and, and troubling the waters of um, fixed, stayed, exploitative uh, mm -hmm. structurally unjust systems right? that you, yeah, you might say that like one aspect of path of discipleship is to to be stirred up oneself right mm -hmm. uh, to have those sort of uh, the easy conventionality of um, consumer culture etc etc you have that troubled but then to um, go stir up all those uh, settled Mm -hmm. conventions ourselves right? Mm -hmm. ask questions or bear witness and then bearing witness rattle the cages <laughs> when the mode of the music changes the walls of the city shake you know, Plato now, what's mm -hmm. one of Allen Ginsberg's favorite quotes <laughs> yeah I'm not sure actually sure how much he read, but he, he sure liked that one. It was just at this godly play training we did here uh, this past weekend. And so godly play is the children's formation program we use here, right? And that's mm -hmm. Alexio Divina, four kids reading the Bible um, with these uh, kind of Montessori adjacent figures um, and 
leaving lots of space to enter the story, to wonder about mm -hmm. uh, what's going on and how this story of God's action is speaking to the kids. Um, and so over the course of this training, we had the chance to all tell and hear a bunch of stories. And when I was most struck by was uh, the Great Flood. Uh, mm. Brooke told us, our children's formation director, and um, there's this part, so there's an arc and there's a couple sets of animals and they all, of course, are eventually enclosed in the ark and she's holding the boat and gradually lifting it up into the air as we imagine the waters rising mm. and we're all seated on the ground in a circle and eventually she's holding it above her head, mm. above all of our heads. Mm. And oh, there's yeah. a way in which you realize, oh, I'm underwater. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm... <laughs> I am in uh, this troubled and great sea, um, mm. and and I think it must get really heavy actually holding this boat up there <laughs> because the dove leaves and comes back a yeah. handful of times, and eventually the dove doesn't come back, and the water starts to come down, and the storyteller gradually lowers the boat, sort of swaying as it goes, huh. and yeah, um, I mean I, it was just ingenious and. I thought, uh, so you know, the those... ancient interpreters of um, of the flood always talk about, of course, this is about baptism, um, and <laughs> which is not always how I tell that story, but in that that mode of, of entering the story through this godly play story, um, becomes very. Clear. It was so clear, like, oh, we're all under the water. And coming out, and there's like there's a, a washing away and a, a disturbance, a stirring up. There's um, a, a rainbow covenant faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, of course, the Holy Spirit ripped the sky open, mm -hmm. descended bodily like a dove, like a dove at Jesus' baptism. Said some version of another belovedness covenant, like right. same old, same old, like, right? Right, like yeah, yeah. And so what goes under the water, what rises, mm -hmm. right? Uh, what in the world that we look out on <clears throat> mm -hmm. with Easter eyes uh, needs to be, needs to go under the waters. Yeah. Right. And how can we be people? Who live in that, in that new way, right? Mm -hmm. Where that other stuff has been. Reborn by the water and the spirit. Yeah. And in that, uh, entering the story like that, uh, you know, concerns was God really mean and drowned a bunch of other people who weren't on the boat? Like that, that, that sort of modern question that we can bring to that text. Uh, I found at least less less salient, more in the background, because of course I'm both in the boat and under the water, uh, and being brought through. What about the the archaeological evidence for mm. for the flood and the yeah. found the thing on Ararat? I mean, there's a way in which um, that stuff can actually serve as a um, as a great dodge, actually, for taking the scripture absolutely personally, mm -hmm. right? And instead of entering it like a wondering child and seeing how this can be true, um, we keep it at arm's length um, and um, find ways to dismiss, uh, dismiss uh, mm -hmm. And plug our ears to the the song. Like the next mm -hmm. one is like the the, song, the the new song that's being sung. We just hear the same old song. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. <laughs> like the adults in the Charlie Brown, you know. Um, yeah. So the the sort of this this way that that historical critical stuff can actually um, 
sort of be cottonballs in the ears to the new mm -hmm. song that's being sung and, and uh, prevent us from entering like with childlike, like you're saying, wonder, questioning. But the, yeah, the kings come out of the earth and it seems like the other kingdom is forever and ever is something that's received. Right? Mm -hmm. right. Is that right? The holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. But more on that in the gospel. Yeah. Are we praying this song Let's, together? Yes. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise in the congregation of the faithful. Let Israel rejoice in his maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praise to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Adorns the poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice in triumph. Let them be joyful on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throat. And a two-edged sword in their hand. To wreak vengeance on the nations. Punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings in chains. And their nobles with links of iron. To inflict on them the judgment decreed. This is the glory. This is glory for all his faithful people. Hallelujah. kingdoms of the earth that are not the kingdom of our God uh, will not reign forever. We go into the water. Yeah. Let the praises of God be on their throat and a two-edged sword in their hand. Can't help think of scriptures sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, The word of God at hand, but also embodied voice in our own voice. Correct, yeah. Even if we're talking about theological language, you know, the one we follow after and call Lord and King is the King who binds other kings in chains <laughs> and nobles in their links of iron, right? So. So, you know, sometimes people will say that like Luke's gospel is the one that has that, that pattern of like such great reversal. Mm -hmm. But you, you see the same thing here. It's the, it's, a, it's like just basic scriptural logic almost. Mm There's interesting stuff you can, if, if you're sitting with these lines too, like, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. You know, like, depending on where, you, where you've come from on your, your faith journey, like, uh, it can be really hard to think that God takes pleasure in you. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's not even... Well, yeah, and like, how is that different from God loving me? That can almost be more abstract. God takes pleasure in God's people, delights in us. Mm -hmm. I even make him laugh for joy. Make God laugh for joy. You know, like mm -hmm. all these, so you, you, like sitting with these things and taking them, like absolutely personally, like, you can just, you can ponder kind of like, you know, is that true for me? And if not, why not? Mm -hmm. I think that, that conjures the, uh, 
the love God has for each one of us exactly as we are uniquely um, takes pleasure in mm. the diversity of yeah. human beings. Uh, it's just doing Lexi on the prodigal son with some folks on Sunday and uh, standing out to me the, the line about the father gets get a robe the best one mm. for this child who has returned and um, praying with that was uh, thinking about how uh, your good parent every baby is the best baby uh, my dog is the best dog. I know that. Uh, and um, just the, the delight um, yeah. that's beyond any possibility of comparison. Right. That's connoted by us taking pleasure in his people. Right. So not just sort of some vague, abstract. Yeah. God loves everybody. Right. But God takes pleasure in. This one, yeah. and this one, and this one, and this one. The new song, too, I think it's like, hmm. I mean, I, it's like the new song that God is singing in the person of Jesus, and then the new song that's sung in our lives when we give birth to Christ in the manger of the heart, and even if we can't sing, that new song is sung in our hands and feet and witness and going where Jesus goes and all that kind of stuff and like can you you remember how um, Rowan Williams he taught, it's, it's um, Jacqueline Dupre right cellist oh yeah he talks about the incarnation as Jacqueline Dupre, Dupre playing the cello. Mm -hmm. So at one with the the music that it's that you can't separate the musician mm -hmm. from the composer that they're in such utter harmony with one another. Yeah. Um, and like so, can our lives harmonize with yeah. the love of God so that they sing? Mm -hmm. They align, resonate, Correct. Um, yeah. express in a way that can't be separated from mm -hmm. this song. Yeah. Right. Not identical with it, but not different. Right. Yeah. And both made more alive through through yeah. the singing. Yeah. can't remember what cello piece it was but you know that piece played by this musician yeah uh, was understood anew yeah um, because of the way that she so embodied and expressed and and gave it voice yeah 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 right it wasn't just about Jacqueline mm -hmm. Dupre doing a really good version of it right it was yeah. no you understood you, you understood the the composer better as yeah. well. Right? Oh that's what that's always meant. Ah yeah. yeah. I mean people say that too about Glenn Gould. Just a little Canadian plug there. <laughs> Goldberg variations. Ephesians, I guess. Yeah. So from the first chapter of Ephesians. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things, according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you, as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, 
you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mark sealed the promised Holy Spirit in baptismal language. Mm -hmm. Pledge of our inheritance. Hearing that theme of uh, our citizenship in the kingdom of God now across all of these readings. Yeah, and how that's not determined by uh, earthly kingdoms. Right. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Yep. Above every name that is named. Theological language. <laughs> I think it's Teleku would say that in theological language you have to simultaneously say and unsay at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um But yeah, you can see that there's there's a shift in um, allegiance, right? Uh, setting our mind on, on the seeking first the kingdom of God, and the citizenship is in heaven. When when that is the place in which uh, our identity, if you want to call it that, citizenship is secured. Uh, that gives us a tremendous freedom as regards the uh, various citizenships of this world mm -hmm. that lay claim and try to, to dominate. And, yeah. Yeah. Our identity as God's own people, uh, members of Christ's body. Mm -hmm. That is the only sure and right. certain identity we can claim if we want to call it that indissoluble bond of love right yeah it's like, it's like, sealed as Christ's own forever right. King in that speech to the um, sanitation workers you know I am a man mm -hmm. I am a person I am beloved <laughs> that's that's the proclamation of a citizenship, not of this world mm -hmm. then or now, mm -hmm. honestly. Yep. Many would say that like, respecting the dignity, a long way to go. Yeah. Respecting the dignity of every human being. And, and that's the, the indissoluble bond that sort of rips open <laughs> the uh, lead in the skies of this world, right? Says something new. In contrast to right. the dominion of white supremacy yeah. or Jim Crow then. Or now. Consumer capitalism. Huh. Two tiered and three tiered healthcare systems. I mean, on and on. And then as like a call to sanctity, right? Like, again, um, I was saying this last week, I, sometime in Mass, we were reading Ephesians, actually. And I was like, this is great poetry. And um, the parishioner, um, Jen Buchheit, who's a 
letterpress book artist was there. And I said, maybe you, were you there? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So, but I was just saying, like, you should make a broadside of this and, you know, do it up and nice little font and different colors and score it on the page and it would look beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but woe to us if it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's the... That's like the great danger, mm -hmm. I think, is that um, the way to this being uh, manifest and realized in our lives, in our hearts, in this world, here, now, for others, um, doesn't get articulated um, clearly. And it becomes sort of uplifting waffle. You know? Yeah. It's like nice. Really nice, inspiring. And divorced from our lives yeah. as we live them. Right. Yeah. And so I, with the, I don't, I think because Ephesians is so mind blowing, I always want to like couple it with like, okay, <laughs> way of love. Mm -hmm. Turn, learn, worship, mm -hmm. pray, go, bless, rest. How do we open to the fullness of him who fills all in all? Correct. Very concrete right. daily practices yes. that make us available for that. Yeah. Uh, wasting time with God in silence, dwelling upon God's word mm -hmm. in scripture, serving others, witnessing with peace, justice, um, worship in common, going where Jesus goes mm -hmm. with that new song singing through us. Right to the edges, mm -hmm. um, like that's how all this comes true in a life. Otherwise, I kind of like. I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say this, but I kind of don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, because sure. I spent a good while teaching poetry, and poetry's nice, but well, in All Saints Day, it's not just celebrating past yeah. heroes. It's supposed to call all of us. Um, to live similarly in the ordinary circumstances of our own yeah. situation. Yeah. Do you know that story about Thomas Keating? Like he'd say, like, what's the um, Thomas Keating the Trappist? Uh, what's the purpose of the Christian life? To be nice? No. Uh, to be really nice? No. People work their way up to uh, to be a saint. They think they finally got it. Right? Ah, it's to be a saint, right, Father Thomas? And he'd shake his head, no. You're not aiming high enough. And they're like, what? And they would do his whole thing about union and communion with the living God and... Um, But yeah, this idea that um, holiness, sanctity, transfiguration, uh, theosis, divinization, however you want to talk about it, the divine exchange, that that is for exceptional spiritual athletes who are to be put on pedestals and revered mm. and that's it rather than this being a call to like daily discipleship take up your cross daily and follow me yeah. I think that's what Paul's trying to invite us to I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom revelation as you come to know him so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened yeah. you may know what is the hope to which he has called you what are the riches of his glorious inheritance mm -hmm. of the saints eyes of the heart enlightened I think the, the language is so beautiful that it's like you can stop there that's all I'm, that's all, mm -hmm. that's why I always find myself moved in this way with Ephesians, like, yeah, and like, mm -hmm. this is beautiful, and we can be beautiful when we're made beautiful by the beautiful one, mm -hmm. right? 
beauty will save the world. Dostoevsky. <laughs> Okay. Luke 6, 20 to 31. Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. I like the, I've just always been struck by the Jesus looking up hmm. at his disciples. So like in Matthew, right, it's like the Sermon on the Mount. This is the Sermon on the Plain. In Matthew, Jesus is seated and like if you're looking, if you're witnessing, listening to the Sermon on the Mount, you're... Jesus is seated, and I kind of imagine just looking up into this vast open sky, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this like emphasis on kind of uh, the transcendence. Mm -hmm. uh, and in, in Luke, it's the, ser the Sermon on the Plain, and if you're, Jesus is, this is, he's in the midst of laying on hands and healing, and um, when, uh, when you're listening to the Sermon on the Plain and you're looking at Jesus, you see the faces of all the poor, mm -hmm. dispossessed around him. He's still kneeling. It's, so it's interesting. Like, so we look up to God. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, you look. But like amazing that also that in the incarnation, God looks up from the lowest mm -hmm. place at us. Mm -hmm. um, and that when we look to him we can't help but see uh, all the faces of those poor, hungry, weeping mm -hmm. folks in his face too, right? Like yep. they're one, It's one face. Yeah. Um, it's, pre it's pretty wild difference actually. You can see why this the Luke and Beatitudes are sort of the, the charter of liberation theology. Yeah. Uh, the identification of God with the poorest, the dispossessed, those who are most looked down on, that's where Jesus is. Yeah. Saying, you are blessed. <laughs> In contrast to everything you've been told, that's been done to you, yeah. that you're surrounded by. Yours is the kingdom of God. Yeah, and as... So, if this... Is this, like, also the... So it's a charter for uh, liberation theology. Uh, but, because it's also... This is the gospel proclaimed on All Saints, mm -hmm. Feast of All Saints. It's also the uh, 
it's the charter for um, sanctity, holiness, mm-hmm. union and communion with God, right? So what's being said there? Someone astutely asked an adult formation once, how is liberation theology different from regularly regular theology again? I know. <laughs> Great question. It's never... really not. So was that Lent last year? I think Epiphany. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I had COVID for like most of it yeah. or something. But yeah. I did a couple of the sessions. And yeah, that was one of the things. I did. So how is... Why is this a different branch of theology? Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of amazing that people could say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, liberation theology has never claimed to be a special branch of saying, no, <laughs> the gospel has been co-opted for the powerful and yeah. must be returned uh, to see Jesus among the faces of the most poor and dispossessed. So woe to you who are full now, it's not that those who are wealthy have no place, but the place in the kingdom of God is by becoming hungry or poor, divesting of all that we think shores us up and makes us secure. I always think of that in the Magnificat. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. And finally, now that they've been sent away empty, they can return hungry and be filled with good things. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this, there's always a debate about whether you spiritualize poverty and all that, but... Um, There's a way in which when you're um, poor, hungry, weeping, reviled, uh, that you're not trying to um, secure your identity in very many other places uh, except in God, because that's the only one who hasn't abandoned you. Right, and that's mm-hmm. how you can talk about the gift of illness, or, you know, and on and on like this, right? And the, uh, there's an openness, uh, uh, there's a crack in the um, very well-maintained bubble of uh, self-enclosure. Yeah. There's a crack in that for us to uh, be open to a new way of um, navigating, I guess, for grace to slip through, however you want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like being full and rich and laughing. It, I think in the context of the Beatitudes is is a picture of self-enclosure and um, radical independence mm-hmm. rather than the dependence that's in the first part. Yeah. Dependence on God. There's no space. It's so saturated with what you have and who you think you are and what other people say speaking well of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's no room to re- receive the kingdom. Yeah, James Allison has this like great line where he says, if you... The worst thing about trying to live in the eyes of other people is that they will... Um, that you'll succeed. Right. It might work. <laughs> it might work. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and then you'll think, oh, well, in order to be happy, all I have to do is keep everybody else happy or maintain my good image and, and do that, right? 
Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this way where when people hate you, exclude you, revile you, defame you, um, you're like, oh, that's not where ultimate happiness is to be found. Mm -hmm. In the careful Facebook curation of my good name, right? Mm -hmm. With its little filters on all my photos that mm. make me look all wonderful and all that. Mm. Whatever you do, I don't know. But, um, like, blessed are you if you're not looking for final peace and happiness in that mm -hmm. dung heap. Mm -hmm. And if the blessed are uh, weeping, right, and hungry and poor, then it's by being in company with them that we're blessed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, in the body of Christ mourns together and rejoices together. Mm -hmm. We'll all be in those positions, poor or hungry or weeping, in some valence or another of what that means. And, and when we're not, we're called to solidarity with those who are. Mm. And so the dependence on God that is learned through that experience of lack. Yeah, because in after the blessings and woes, right, if this is again the program for the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love your enemies. Oh, that's hard. Do good to those who hate you. What? Okay. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. Like you mean not gossip about them, not try to hit back at them. Mm -hmm. Pray for those who abuse you. Offer the turn the other cheek. Don't withhold anything from anyone. And to me, steal stuff from you. Don't even ask for it back. Um, you know, one one way to that I work with that is like I can't do any of that by myself it's impossible it is it's not just like this is not a really high bar for spiritual athletes to attain mm -hmm. uh, by their own wit and wile right and only some people can make it right that's the like a picture of the elect and that's mm -hmm. like a always upward trending rely on yourself kind mm -hmm. of picture of uh, achieving sanctity correct rather than it being something worked in you mm -hmm. right receiving it like in Daniel one only is holy <laughs> the Lord is our righteousness <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so. opening to Jesus living his life through us yeah that's the only way that's doable but you know, you hear people say, this is so hard, I can't do that. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Surrender, let somebody else do it in and through you. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of meant to take you right to the edge of what a human being can do uh, by themselves and then she, there's yet more. Mm -hmm. And so the, the whole point is to try to crack us open and uh, make us call out, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not just a plan for um, moral improvement, self-improvement, right. not, not just a... Be nice. Yeah, or like super nice. Like really, really nice. <laughs> So this could actually, these could be fruits that 
are manifest in and through us mm-hmm. uh, through ever deeper ever more intimate uh, surrender and relationship to mm-hmm. God and Christ through the spirit yeah um, there's other beatitudes across scripture one starts off the Psalter in Psalm 1 mm. uh, <laughs> so they've not walked in the way, way of the wicked, wicked. Uh, but those were planted by the stream streams uh, of living water yeah yeah and I think that image of being planted by the stream uh Roots sunk into good living water, and naturally bearing fruit from that is is the way to think about all yeah. of these these traits. Fruit that doesn't come and go. Yeah. Leaves that don't wither when the winds get hot, or it's. Mm-hmm. But just the natural overflow of staying by that source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, the where it's the where are you planted question, right? And so this is kind of stuff worked in us mm-hmm. uh, when we're. I mean, Ephesians, you know, yeah. rooted, rooted and grounded in Christ. Yeah. It's worked by God's great power. Exemplified by God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. So those who are dead are raised to life. The lost are found. Knowing we can't love our enemies, bless those who curse us, by crying out to God for mercy and relying on what is given to us. That's yeah, the working and, of his great power. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this before, but like, if you've like, if somebody's really, really wronged you, traumatized you, it's not that helpful just to say, oh, I should forgive them, like, right now, right? Like, yeah. the... I think I've preached this before, but that's like you, you pray to want to want to want to want to forgive. And then you pray to want to want to want to forgive. Then you pray to want to want to forgive. Then you pray to want to forgive. <laughs> you know, just putting yourself in that place. Like, because you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. And, and then usually sort of without us even really noticing it, you're like, oh. I've forgiven that person. That's weird. Like in your heart. Mm-hmm. But there's no no longer the same friction. And then whatever. Like moves from there. But yeah. um, I think it, it's important to be like just utterly honest with where you're at with stuff like this. Because it's easy for this to turn into some from on high moralistic command that mm-hmm. you make yourself do and you ignore the the messy reality of your lived experience in the process mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know does that make sense yeah yeah if this is all a human work then <laughs> Then we might try uh, really hard <laughs> and hurt ourselves doing so and still fail. Right. No, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or we might never try. So that's not for me. I can't do it. I'm not a saint. Right. I'll just be silently resentful the rest of my life. Yep. Just festering away in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Second class citizens in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. Yeah, it so, has to be God's holiness. Right. So seek the Lord where he wills to be found. Hmm. 
Happy All Saints Day, everyone, I guess. Mm -hmm. Transferring into the, what is it, the 8th or the 6th? The 6th. 6th. Sunday, yeah. yeah. So, see you there, we'll be baptizing. Baptisms, yeah. Yeah. All works. So, good stuff. Thanks.